24 hours a day. Radio Contact. Podcast. I'm Rob Paxson. We're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as have we on Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob. You okay? okay? How's your week been, mate? Yeah, yeah good. good. Not so bad, mate, up to now. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the weekend and having a, a day off. I'm working Saturday, so it's my last Saturday in, though, this for ages, and I've got like Monday to Fridays, and so uh, I'm excited to get back on the straight and narrow, mate, to be honest with you. But we're looking forward to the match, though, on, uh, on Sunday against Wigan. Yeah, it must be busy for you. This cold snap coming in is going to be running around, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's mega busy this time of year. But you just got to uh, just keep plodding through. I'm mean, thinking about the match and that gets you through it, doesn't it? We're thinking about the weekend and whatever. Season's round the corner now as well, isn't it? I mean, when we got, we've got the, the friendly against Wigan this week and the week after, I think we've got a blank weekend, haven't we? And then it all kicks off and then that's it till, till September. So uh, it'll soon be spring, won't it? It's not that far off now. No, not at all. There's loads going on in this week's show, Paul. We've got all the news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. We're going to review the game uh, we had against Swinton Lions, a friendly. We've got interviews with Ian Watson and Connor Aspie, uh, the new uh, young star coming through the uh, the to the first team. Played well on uh, on Sunday. He certainly did, yeah. It's Saturday, yeah. I think I said in the interview, I kept saying Sunday. I got mixed up there with the the day. Don't know how to play Saturdays, do we? But, but yeah, I thought he played really well, and uh, we'll, we'll speak about him a bit later on. But yeah, he did, did really well. Excellent debut. Yeah, and then obviously we're going to go through my Salford's uh, best uh, 13, Paul. You've been looking forward to this, haven't you? I have, yeah. I'm excited about this. So if you've got 13 and you've got four subs, or is it just a 13? Yeah. I've, I've got a squad, I've got a, a 17. Right. Uh, um, yeah, I've gone. I've gone through, you know, what I think could be, you know, as, as a team that had got set out to play. Yeah, uh, looking forward to hearing that, mate. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what pick. Uh, and then we're going to preview the game against uh, Wigan on uh, on Sunday. So what we'll do, we'll start with all the big news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. So first things first, Paul. We went to Supporters Trust. Uh, AGM on uh, Tuesday. Uh, great night. We spoke to Jackson Hastings and Rob Louie and Ian Watson and Martin Gleeson about the uh, the season coming up, and it was a very enjoyable night. Yeah, it was. It, it was an enjoyable night, uh, Rob. It was a busy night, wasn't it? On Tuesday, we had the radio, didn't we? And we was a bit late getting to the uh, to the AGM, so we, we missed quite a bit of it, didn't we? Especially the bit where uh, Paul King had been talking and. And, and Dave Campbell and, and the other trust uh, board members as well, so we missed a lot of that. So we'll have to catch up and find out what what was going on. But I believe it was all good, good positive stuff, and you know keeping the the members up to date with what's been going on, in, especially in 2018. But, but yeah, we we got thrown in at the deep end again, didn't we? Doing our uh, comparing, but uh, but yeah, it was a bit nerve wracking. But I think I think we, we we just about edged it, didn't we? But it was great to to speak to Watto and, uh, and Martin Gleeson, and especially Jackson Hastings and Robert Louis. Jackson Hastings is a, is a real good character, and the, the way 
the way he spoke to the supporters, it, it really got everybody excited. I think I, I talked to my friend Paul Brooks, um, who, who was there on the night. He works with me at, at British Gas, and uh, he was saying to me how excited he was just listening to, to Jackson. He didn't, you know, he said he's, he's really got me up for it now, thinking we can actually, you know, win a trophy or something because he was, you know. He really believes in Salford, doesn't he? He seems like a real winner, Hastings, and you know he's so positive, isn't he? And he doesn't really fear anybody. And I think as a supporter, that's that's the kind of thing you want to hear. So so it was all all positive and, and very very exciting, Rob. Yeah, he loved your shoes as well, didn't he? Kept talking about how big your white trainers were. He had the white trainers on, man, black. Oh, right. he kept pointing. You know, do you know what he said though? He what? said to me, um, he said they're they're fake, they're not real Nikes. Then what you've got on, Paul? They're, they're fake. It's, it's, I said, you're fake. They're not. They're like fifty quid these. So <laughs> Jackson Hastings ripping with me trainer. So <laughs> I was a bit miffed about that. But uh, no, he's a nice guy and he's a really funny guy. He's got a great sense of humour. And uh, just speaking to him and, and Robert Louis, it just shows you what. I mean, Robert's a, a great character as well. I mean, you get on really well with Robert Louis, but you know, yeah, yeah. Nice chat with him when you see him and that, and he's such a likable guy, isn't he? And, uh, when you speak to him, you just get the sense that the team spirit at the club's absolutely tremendous, isn't it? You know, the way they all talk and the banter they have. And I think Ian's got a real, Ian Watson's got a real tight knit group of players there, hasn't he? And he has done for the last couple of seasons. I think the 17 squad and the 2018 squad were very similar, weren't they? A very tight knit bunch of players and, you know, they run for a brick wall for each other. And I think if you want to get anywhere in the, in the Super League, you, you need that good squad and that good bond, don't you? And I think we've, we've certainly got that. Yeah, I agree with that, Paul. They all seem quite chirpy. Um, you know, Ian Watson and Martin Gleeson gave us some good insight on, on what's been going in, off in the pre-season. Now they've, you know, prepared for this season. And yeah, Jackson Ace and Rob Lewis, you know, bouncing off each other, enjoying, you know, the banter. And, you know, it's good, it's good signs, I think, Paul. It's good signs that, you know, we've got a club here that's, you know, exciting both on and off the field now. And, you know, oh, how, how far can we go in 2019? It's, it's going to be very interesting. I think there's a lot of potential there, Rob. I think I wouldn't say we're on the cusp of something yet, but I think there's a lot of potential there, isn't there? You know, we can get on a roll. I've said it before. You get on that roll, and it's hard to stop, isn't it? And especially with someone like Jackson Hastings leading around the pitch. And I think Rob Louis alluded to it on on um, Tuesday night about the spine of the side. He was talking about the spine, and Niall Evans has been playing really well in training. You've got Jackson and Robin in the halves. You've got two good hookers there in, in Josh Wood and um, Logan Tompkins. And, and uh, Joey Lusick as well, and then you've got Mike Flanagan at loose forward, so you've got a really good spine there to that side, add to that some, some really good young players and some experienced forwards as well, there's a nice blend there, and I know we've said it's not the biggest squad in the world, but the, if we can keep that, that sort of that sort of 17 fit, the first choice 17, and someone we didn't really speak about on, uh, on Tuesday night's Ken Seal, and I forgot to mention him really, and uh, He's a tremendous sign, you know. Look at the season he had last season in the NRL, playing, you know, first grade NRL. He scored tons of tries for um, Newcastle Knights. I think he played for last season, and he's a real coup for us, I think, to, to sign him. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how, how he goes on. But, but yeah, I think I think we've got a real chance this season. Of, uh, I'm not going to get carried away and make daft predictions, but I think we might do okay, Rob. Yeah, obviously talking about new signings, Adam Walker um, was announced by the club. Uh, through the M- the MEN, um, sort of announced it through the newspaper. Great signing for the club, big lad, big forward. Kind of just what we needed after losing a uh, Copley and Lamataza. Yeah, he's an experienced player. Robbie played at Huddersfield and Wilkinson Rovers, and also went to St Helens, and then didn't play much for St Helens and signed for Wakefield last season, uh, where he only played seven times for them. So he had um, a bit of a, 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 a 
this discretion with, with drugs, didn't he? So we got that ban. So that ban's up in the, in the middle of March. So he's not played much since then. But he's six foot three. He's a big lad. Uh, he's coming towards the prime of his career as well. Twenty seven. So he's in like like I said, the prime of his career now. He's he's got a, he's got to perform now, hasn't he? And um, I think we're going to see see the best of him. He's got a point to prove. He's had a bit of uh, inactivity as well, hasn't he, over the last couple of seasons? But when we played OKR in like sort of 2015, 2016, he was a standout player for me when we played against them. Very tough guy, as I said before. Big fella, 17 stone, six foot three. He's going to take some stopping when he gets going. So uh, I think uh, I think we'll have a, a decent forward on our hands there. We noticed in match on um, on Saturday against Swinton, Gil Dudson impressed me as well. So we've made some good signings there in, in the forward. Some some robust players, some very mobile players as well. I think Gill's a very fit lad, isn't he? Very mobile. And that's what you, you've got to be looking for. And I think you mentioned it to, to Ian Watson on Tuesday about the, the substitutions and going down to eight players. And it, that didn't seem to phase what he sort of said, well, I never really use all my subs anyway. We've been planning for this, you know, over the last few years. And, and Tim Sheens was there. He, I think he told Ian that we're going to come down to, to the eight. So uh, so this, this mobile side that Ian's got now could uh, could benefit from this. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I think also very good that we announced it through the, the MEN uh, newspapers. I'll add him, you know, working his magic there, getting his outside the bubble. And that and that's what's important, I think. Obviously, service in the bubble, which is what they're doing at the moment. Uh, but we've got to get out there to, to increase our fan base and, and build the bubble bigger. And, you know, I think things like that are going to make all the difference, Paul. Yeah, I think so. It was an exciting thing that because I think the club said didn't they, they were going to announce it at a certain time. And that newspaper comes out. I think it comes out. Does it come out in the morning now? The Manchester Evening News, doesn't it as well? So uh, you know, when you when you do things like it's like when the the Super League released the fixtures and things like that, people go and buy the the paper, don't they? The League Express or whatever, and the fixtures are in there. It's an exciting thing, isn't it? And sometimes that's a good ploy. I mean, you can put things on the internet, but there's something special about going and getting your newspaper and, and, and finding out. I mean, obviously, I'll probably get the story online as well. But me being old school, I went and put on evening news and had a read about it so so yeah Adam's doing a good job at the moment uh, he's I think he got mentioned on, on Tuesday about the uh, the social media and the things that the club are doing and it, it's been excellent this season it really has the videos they put on they're keeping people up to date and that magic video they did with, with Jackson Hastings you know where the one where he said with a heavy heart I'm, I'm staying sort of thing that was that was class that really was a really good thing to do and I think people are buying into it now and it's, it's really interesting every day you look on the, the Facebook page the website there's something new on there a new little video sometimes it doesn't have to be much Rob it can just be the players at training or a couple of photographs Steve McCormack as well look at the, the photos he puts on um, he, he, he's, he's always there isn't he doing things so um, so yeah it's been it's been excellent up to now this season yeah I, th- I think it's fantastic it's just a matter of getting outside the bubble and that's, that's the tester for me uh, you know they do the Jackson Hastings one went viral for obvious reasons but I think it was a good video as well it's just a matter of, of finding stuff that's going to go and, and that's, that's where we're going to improve and I think that's the way we've got to go uh, we're doing fantastic and hopefully more to come Paul that's the that's the that's the mantra yeah definitely I mean, that's all about growing the club in it the club wanting to grow and, and get people on seats and get people interested and and the way you do that is by by doing your, your announcing your signs and building the hype and building the excitement and, uh, as I said in, in the 2018 stroke 2019 close season it's been done excellently well yeah brilliant uh, next bit of news uh, there's a Season launch for supporters on the 26th of January, uh, Paul. Uh, the, the, the playing uh, squad will be there to receive their shirts. Uh, also, opportunities for us fans to go down and get autographs. Uh, and also, you can sign up for the Supporters Trust as well. Uh, sounds like it's going to be a great day. 
It does. It does. I saw that on the email the other day. That twenty six. So that's the that's the last free weekend before the season starts, isn't it? Um, a week on on Saturday, this Saturday. So, so yeah. What what you know? We're looking for a blank weekend. There's no match on. Definitely get down there and uh, meet the players and get yourselves uh, get yourselves ready for the season because the season starts the Friday after at Huddersfield. So uh, I'm chuffed with that because I was thinking I'm not, I've got I'm off that Saturday, but nothing to do and uh, go down there now and uh, have a mooch about on the Saturday. So yeah, all good. Plus also it builds the excitement. We've been a couple of these, haven't they, in the last couple of seasons, Paul? And you know when they fill the big room, you know I see your heads. It gives you that kind of excitement because you know we're all in it together and we're all seeing this. You know, Salford Red Devils team being unveiled and you know, kind of gives you a tingle, doesn't it, down your spine? Yeah, it certainly does. It's good for the players as well, especially the new players coming in, you know, to get that warm welcome off the supporters and uh, get the shirt. I presume they'll be giving the shirts out, the, the squad numbers and, mm-hmm. and what have you. So, um, so yeah, it is, and it, it gives the, the supporters and, and the young supporters a chance to, to meet the players as well and get their autographs signed and things like that. And, you know, I remember when we were kids, that, that, that sort of stuff, with, you know, with junior devils years ago, that, that's the sort of things that got you hooked to, to watching the club, didn't it? And, uh, you know, there's no, nothing better than that, being a youngster, meeting your idols and your heroes and, you know, I'm all for things like that, and uh, the more the club can can work with the young supporters and supporters trust trust the better because uh, Ian said it on Tuesday night. The, the club's built a lot of bridges, I think, over the last couple of years, and there's a there's a real bond there now as well, especially with the, the supporters trust, the squad builder, and all these other bits and pieces. They all go hand in hand, and it it's helping to to make us into a, a community club and you know bringing the community back together. So uh, I'm all for things like that, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, they had their media day today, Paul, and I think it'd be great if, you know, perhaps media was there to, to kind of film it and report on it, because obviously events like that it paints a picture of what Sulphur Red Devils is all about. Um, obviously, people have preconceptions, don't we, what it's what the club's like and what, what the team's like, but, you know, giving people the opportunity, the media opportunity to, to, to film it and spin it in our, our direction, Paul, would be a great thing. Yeah, yeah, anything like that. Yeah, you're dead right, right. Yeah, because we want to tell people that we're a, we're a family club, aren't we? And a friendly club, and you know everybody's welcome, and children are welcome, and things like that. There's a lot, a lot of people who live in in the area who probably don't really ever think about going to the match, and you know if they did, and they went down there and gave it a chance, I'm sure they'd really enjoy it. So if we can show people. You know what? What a good time people will have if they come and watch the match and the entertainment and all this, that, and the other. It's the, the full package. It's, it's a good day out now at, at Salford, and uh, you know we just got to sell it to people. It's a cold day out though, Rob. I must admit, <laughs> um, it was cold there on on Saturday against. But uh, it's going to get warmer now as the summer comes, and there's going to be some good days, some really exciting days. And you know we've got some box office players there now to watch as well, and you know there really does seem to be a buzz this season. And, uh, there was a lot of hype around us at the moment, you know, when we was at the AGM the other night, and people, there's a lot of expectations, I think, a lot of weight on a player's shoulders, especially Jackson Hastings, and uh, these guys have got to deliver now, and I'm sure they will. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward, Paul, to, to, to the new season. I think it'll be interesting to see what they kind of do on, for the match day experience, because obviously, you know, people are, are buying tickets, they want to be entertained both on and off the field, and, you know, last few years, you know, it's been a bit hit and miss, hasn't it, with regarding, you know, off yeah. the, uh, entertainment. But, you know, you know, they had like a little focus group, didn't they, to ask the fans what they want. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with for me. Because obviously, if we want to attract people outside our bubble who might not necessarily be massive rugby league fans, they'll come, they want to come for the entertainment, they want to come for the day out. So you need to give them both. So it'll be interesting to see what, what happens there for me. But I am looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. I think one thing that I'd like to see change is the, the music. I think some of the music that gets played over the 
over the um, the speakers and that is bobbins. <laughs> that that song that we seem to come out to that um, what is it now? It was on last last Saturday. The uh, it's a really deep voice. Um, wrong with that. It's the Salford Reds are at, Is it that one? Uh, the Bad Moon Rising or something. Oh, yeah. But it's not the Creedence Clearwater Revival version. It's um, like a really deep voice. Sounds a bit like Johnny Cash. But it's a really depressing song. And then I think they play the Smiths quite a lot, don't they? But I like the Smiths, but they play... Um, oh, which one is it now? There, there is a light that never goes out. Is it that one? Mm. They play one after the match anyway. And it, I think what it is. I think a bit dull. Like, yeah, but what I think it is... They have like a Manchester Manchester theme. Yeah, they should have a Salford thing. What about the Hollies? The Hollies are from well, two of the members were from Salford, so let's have some of the Hollies on. So I don't think happy Mondays were they from Salford as well? Yeah, I just think it's not just doing sort of you know dull music. On. I just think they have they have like a Manchester theme running through it. Manchester it should Salford. be a Salford theme, Rob. Well, but, <laughs> yeah. but what, I'm, what I'm saying is, I think that's that's part of the process. I think that's part of the building the identity of the match day experience that they're having. Music that we would all like being from where we live. That's I like Joy Division track they play. Yeah, they play yeah. a bit of Joy Division. That's a good song that yeah. comes on. Yeah. And we've had a bit of Oasis as well. That's been good. Yeah. So you know, it's, it's kind of Mad- Manchester, Manchester like uh, tunes in it. That's what, that's what that's the kind of the thing you go for. I think that's what that's you know when you think about it. Um, but yeah, you know, some some of the songs are great. Um, you know, the interesting, obviously, you know, because you bring in your kids. Um, kind of having face paint and stuff like that because my son, you know, came and he, and he came, he had his face painted one week and then he came and he wasn't a face painter the next week and it's a bit, it's like you've got to be consistent. If you're having a face painter one week, you've got to have face painters every week because people and kids expect that. Yeah, they expect it. You know I mean? So that, that's something you have, to look, you have to look at and think, will the club do that? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the up and down of it. We'll see what happens. But I think if, if you want kids involved, yeah, entertainment on the field, but you want, Need some off it to, to keep them there. Yeah, definitely. So, um, tickets for Wigan um, on Saturday. Hopefully, we'll get a decent turnout. Obviously, Wigan will come uh, in the numbers. Zach, um, Zach Hardacre's uh, first game for Wigan will be a big draw for them. Um, hopefully, the club will be promoting it uh, both on the social media and out and about to try and get a few people in. Yeah, and I'm expecting a very tough game against Wigan. And like you said, You've got Zach Ardaker coming back after his um, his misdemeanours, and we all know what an excellent player he is. And it'll be good to good to see him. You know, you, you want to go and watch the good players, don't you? In two play, I think it's exciting when the good players come to town. Obviously, it's Adrian Lambert's first game as, as Wigan coach as well, so that's going to bring a bit of excitement to. It. I mean, I know it's only a warm up game, but uh, it's a big test for us this on uh, on on Sunday. I keep thinking it's Saturday, Sunday, isn't it? This week, so um, you don't come any bigger than against Wigan, do you? And I think it's their first warm up game as well, so. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a real stern test and uh, might see, you know, might gauge where, where we're at at this stage of, uh, of pre-season. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. The club are always putting out uh, kind of uh, match uh, news so you know where to park and you know what stands are open and things like that. So keep your eyes open uh, for that. And, you know, I think it's best thing to do is like things like this to share it on your social media because that means people who might fancy going will know that information's there rather than what you don't want. It's just these new fans turn up and not know you know where to go and, and what to do because uh, it kind of it affects their match day experience so if they're not having a great match day experience they might not come back so all yeah, fans have got to do as much as we can Paul for sharing stuff like that good information to people outside who might have half a chance of coming to the game uh, so they do pick it up and think you know what this is what you got to do I'll go 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, to be honest with you, that um, I thought the match day experience for me. I mean, I'm not really bothering me how long it takes me, but on on Saturday against Swinton, it took me about what time? I left our house. What time? I leave our house now. It took me about half an hour, and I got a petrol on the way, and I live quite a way away. I'm in Moston, so I went the long way around, jumped on the motorway at Blakely, and then went down the M62, and I was there in like. That was getting me petrol. That took me five minutes. So it took me about 15, 20 minutes down the motorway. We had any traffic. Straight down to the roundabout Brookhouse. Down the A57. Got to the stadium. The, the guys are dead helpful there, aren't they? Directed in the car park. And it was sweet. And when I came out, I turned right and I went in the traffic centre and had a coffee on the way home. So um, my match day experience on Saturday was great. And I think it it's pretty well run now. I, I think people moan, don't they, about getting off the car. I don't think it's that bad. It's no, it's no worse than any other club, Rob. If you've got a wig and it takes you ages to get out, so it's pretty smooth now there. And you can go for a drink at the Barley Farm before. You can go to the Trafford Centre now, come in that new road over the bridge. So there's a few more options now for you, isn't there? So uh, you've got the Supporters Trust buses that are going to start running again in the season as well. If you don't want to go in your car, so uh, so I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of positives at the moment now. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of us getting that me- positive message out because obviously a lot of fans experienced, you know, problems, didn't they? Really yeah. in, in the in the in the piece, but yeah, you know the people at the stadium and the club and, and the traffic management team have, have all organised this now. It's all runs quite smooth now, doesn't it? So yeah, I think so. Have, yeah, yeah. People who got stung before and said, "I'm not going back there again." Need to be informed that look, they looked at the problem, they fixed the problem. Come and give it another go because the club, the club have you know moved on. They've grown into the stadium. Uh, the stadium people have, have, have learned from experience and. And it's it's going in the right direction now, Paul, and it, um, you know it's it's a very good thing. Yeah, certainly. And like you said, that that new road helps a lot as well. And I know you use that, don't you? Because you go back to Sale, don't you, on yeah, the, the yeah. motorway? So you can turn right out of the um, out of the stadium onto the new road and onto the M60. So that's a that's a big help. That and you know, you know as the weather gets better in the in the summertime and it's warmer weather and that, I suppose you could you could even go to the Trafford Centre, park your car, up, have a bite to eat or whatever in the dinner time, and then walk to the stadium, you know, for three o'clock on a Sunday. It's not that far, is it, to walk? dry day so there is a few more options for you now and I think that will make a big difference this season playing on a Sunday which the majority of the matches are because we said it before Friday night is a bit of a bind that the people are working Friday night in just tends to be very busy anyway on the motorways and the East Lanks and it's a bit of a car park isn't it? and especially this time of year so I think the Sunday game I think you'll, you've got you've got miles more of a chance to, to get there and you're not rushing about and it's not dark either so I think that will make a big difference this season So what I saw Paul couple of days ago, um, Leeds and the Castle Tigers are having like a, when they face, they're making it a series when they face each other, huh? uh, you know, a, a three, kind of three game playoff, and then I don't know, I don't know what, what happens when the winner, you know, wins, wins the, wins the, um, wins the playoff, right, but I think things like that, if, because obviously the league set up's different now, we don't have a middle eight to play in, do we, so nope. you need that kind of something to ignite everybody and excite the fans, because obviously, you know, you you might have a few dead rubber games at the end of the season. So, the idea of what uh, Castleford and Leeds have brought in, where when they play each other, the big market and they probably have to play for some kind of trophy or something maybe, um, mm. will give players and, and fans that bit of excitement. I think so. I think it's a good idea. I think that's something the club should be looking at. Um, you know, towards the back end of our season, um, mm. and hopefully we'll be we'll be to be honest, hopefully we'll be in the top eight, so we won't have to worry about that. But top five. Open, Top five, even so, you know, you're hoping that you know the things like that, which can be publicised and 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 built up um, and excites you know every fan and potential fans out. 
Yeah, we don't want to play a three-game series against Leeds, though, Rob, do we? No, no I'll, <laughs> We'll pick somebody else. Yeah, I think the way it works, Castleford must take lots of Leeds. Yeah, it's like their big derby game. I think, yeah. well, it's when they play Wakefield, isn't it? And uh, yeah. Obviously, when they play uh, Leeds as well, they're, they're like Castleford's two derby games, aren't they? Yeah. So, you probably think, well, you take 2,000 for Edinburgh and we'll take 2,000 for the Jungle. Yeah. So, you, you kind of like, you balance on each other out. I suppose, what well, Team we'd be looking at would be like maybe Warrington. We take maybe a thousand and a half to Warrington, don't we? And one yeah. might take a thousand and a half, bring a thousand and a half down to the AJ Bell Stadium. Warrington yeah. one uh, to do it with. Um, we play Warrington on Good Friday, don't we? Yeah, well, yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a good game as well. But I think you know things like probably relying on the other team to want to do that as well. <laughs> you, can't, yeah. you can't just build something exciting up yourself if both clubs aren't, aren't bantering each other about it. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's just little things like that that might make a difference, I think, Paul, and, and keep our attendance as high as the season goes on. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about that Warrington game there. Like you said, that seems to be, um, it's always a big game when we play them, especially uh, the away from home. I think yeah. we tend to take our biggest away following there, don't we? If you think about the last couple of seasons, we've filled that end, haven't we, at the Halliwell Jones Stadium, and it's always an excellent game, excellent atmosphere there. So, so yeah, it could be an idea that, Rob. I've not I've not heard that piece of news about Leeds and Castleford, so that's, that's new to me then. Yeah, it might be something to look at, and hopefully, never know. Okay, so that's all the news coming out of the Salford Red Devils this week. Next up, we're going to be talking about the uh, the first pre-season game against Swinton Lions last uh, Saturday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Devils were victorious against Swinton, 52 points to 6. Paul, good run out for Ian Watson and the boys. Yeah, it certainly was. It certainly was a good run out. It's the, the kind of game you need to, to blow the cobwebs off, get rid of the, the ring rustiness in time for the season. And I thought it was exactly that, really. It was a good start to the game, you know, scoring on the, on the first uh, first attacking set, really. And we looked quite clinical. I think the goal kicking, as we mentioned on the day, was a bit hit and miss one. It was a bit, bit of a windy day. But, you know, nine times out of ten, it's going to be windy at the AJ Bell, isn't it? So that's something we've got to, uh, we've got to put to bed. We've got to sort that out. But no, I thought it was it was a good hit out for us, and nice to see some of the uh, the new players in there. Gil Dudson, I thought played well on, he, on his on his debut. Jansen Turgut, who played a bit for us towards the back end of last season, was excellent as well. And um, Connor Aspie, what can you say about that lad? He he was excellent, wasn't he? Uh, came off the bench for a, for a cameo appearance really at the end of the game, but I thought he looked really good. He, distribution was fantastic the way he could pass the ball left and right. He, he looked like he'd been playing for ten years. He's so confident, so nippy from from dummy half. Made two good breaks and set up a try as well, and was unlucky. He went over himself, didn't he, and, and, and touched down. But it was it was brought back, I think, for a knock on. But uh, but yeah, he looked a, a real promising uh, young kid. Yeah, and you spoke to him after the game, uh, Paul, and this is what he had to say. Right, I'm delighted to announce for Devil in the Detail and Salford City Radio. I've been joined by Connor Aspie. Had a great game for Salford, 16 years of age, making his debut on Sunday in the friendly against Swindon. How are you doing, Connor? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thanks. So how have you got into rugby league then? Where are you from? You're, you're a Wigan uh, lad, from aren't Wigan, you? Wigan, yeah. Um, got uh, went down to my amateur club in Inle. Um My dad used to play, so he thought he'd get me into it quite young. And I've been playing uh, since I was six. Uh, right. Every year since then, really. When did you sign for Salford? Then you've been at Salford um, just this year. Yeah, I come down to the foundation team. Um, I think it was under 16s at the time, and then uh, training, playing with them for a bit, and then what will ask me to 
goal chairman of the first team. You've done a lot of work with Danny Barton, haven't yeah, you? Then? I think yeah. did he sort of recommend yeah, you to what? Uh, well, he came down to one of the games at Inley, and then I think he recognised me, asked me to come down and train and that, and then he was like recommending me to Watto, and then um, Watto brought me on board for training and things, and then. Obviously, asked me for play on some, uh, Saturday. It was, wasn't it? What's it like being training with the first team? It's a big step um, up. Yeah, it? it's a big step up from playing with lads my age. A lot of bigger. Um, the game's a lot faster, but I think after a few months, um, getting a bit used to it now. So, what what course are you doing? Are you studying as um, well? Like yeah, as well? I'm studying on a Monday and a Tuesday after training. Uh, I'm doing a sport BTEC. Right, how have you found it with the lads? Have they sort of took to you? Because I know you made your debut yeah. on, on Sunday against them. How did you find that coming on for that sort of last 20 minutes? You, you didn't look sort of out of your depth. You looked really sort of as if you'd done it all your life. Yeah, well, because I've been training with the, with the boys for like two months probably now. Um, get, getting used to the speed and things like that, like I said. Um, so when I come on, it was just... I tried not to worry about it too much. Just tried to take it as if I was playing a game on the park, you know. Try not to let my, let my nerves get the better of me. What did it feel like when you sort of set that try up at the end? Because there was there was one way you went through. Yeah, and I think you just passed yeah. it a bit too early, didn't you? Then yeah. the next chance opportunity. Well, you got, I thought you... oh, I passed it a bit early there. So the second break that I made, I thought oh, I'll try and keep all of it as long as I can, and then just put Darrell through on the left side. And right? you got over the line as well. Did you think yeah. you scored there? Yeah, the referee no. brought it back, hadn't he, for a yeah, forward well, pass? Was it? Um, I think it was Ed. He said right. he got it on, but I don't, I don't know. Just played to the whistle. So what are your plans for this season? I know what I was. I spoke to what on on Sunday after the game, and I know we don't want to rush you. Yeah. But obviously you're a talented kid, and I'm sure the club would want to keep you as well. Yeah. Are, you, are you settled at Salford? Do you want to carry on playing? Yeah, I'm enjoying it at Salford. I've got just got to know all the boys really. Um, settling settling in with everyone in training and things. Um, I don't know. I'd like, to, I'd like to stay here, but see what happens. So how, how long is your you course? Then you beat it. Is that a couple um, of years? Yeah. That? Well, I mean, for it's two years. I'm on on it for, but. Yeah, I'd like to stay here. Just going back to the game on on Sunday. I mean, you said there, you, you know, you're playing with lads at your your own sort of age. And what was it like being hit? Because you, you took a bit of a big hit towards the end of the game. Yeah, is it tough playing against guys yeah, who are well, so much been, bigger than you yeah, physically? We've, uh, we've been doing full contact and things like that in training, so I think my body's been getting used to it. But um, when I took that knock at the weekend, I just thought, oh, who really. puts themselves about in training? Who's like the heavy-handed person? Is anybody who's like um, trying to stick it on your arm? No, I don't know. It's just everyone just runs it like normal, and we just have to get used to it. Because if I'm making that step up, then I can't. They can't be going easy on me in training, and then getting put into matches because I'll be not be used to it. So, what's your training regime like at Salford? Then is it today? You said today's your day off, didn't you? So yeah. You're well, today. the usual week we have Wednesdays. Wednesdays off, but. Um, I think they decided let us have a day off today, you know, just chill out since we played at the weekend. Um, but it's normally we normally come in and then we do the field sessions in the morning and then into the gym in the afternoon. So it's Wigan this weekend for Salford. Yeah. Your family will they all be Wigan supporters? Um, yeah, a lot of them. I yeah, grew up grow up watching Wigan, so. So you're you're a Wigan supporter, I take it as well. Yeah, I'd like to say. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I don't know. So were your heroes growing up then? As I mean, you're still growing up yourself, 16 years of age. Who do you like admiring that Wigan side? Well, when I was um, watching it when I was young, Tommy Lillard I was uh, um, he was one that I used to like watching, um, and then he's come back obviously recently, so it'd be good to maybe play against one of my heroes. And your preferred position's hooker, am I right now? saying yeah. that, yeah. I mean, just just looking at your, your game on um, on Sunday, you think your distribution was really good, passing yeah. sort of left to right. What are your, your strengths as a hooker? Um, I think my main strength as a hooker, like you could have maybe noticed at the weekend, was just my running game. And quick play the ball off the forwards, just 
pick it up and run. Um, made a few line breaks off it and got that try assist. She'll be definitely looking to get into the team yeah. again this season. Is there any chance you could play against Wigan on, on Sunday? Um, yeah, there is a possibility. I mean, it's going to be a big step up from Swinton, obviously. Like, Swinton were a good side, but Wigan, obviously, world champions and things like that. It'll be a big step up, but I might, might be lucky to get 10 minutes, but I'd really enjoy to get that opportunity. Well, supporters certainly seem to know you. Yeah, I know I've seen you on, on, on yeah. Twitter and, and people have been asking about you as well. And just thanks for speaking to us today. We just wanted yeah. to get a chat with you for Devon yeah, Detail, right. Salford's podcast. You know, a youngster coming through. That's great for us. But thanks for taking the time out today, Connor, to speak yeah, to us, mate. Right. Thanks, Paul. Thanks a lot. So, yeah, that was Connor Aspit talking to you, Paul. And he's, uh, like you say, quite excited and quite uh, open about moving forward and learning. Yeah, I'll have it. It was a day off on Tuesday, but he was down there doing his college work. He's doing a B-Tech in, in sports. So uh, he's doing his studies as well with Salford. And, uh, no, he's a bright young lad as well. Very nice young lad. Very polite, very pleasant. And, um, you know, um, he's, he's got his head switched on now and he, he wants to do well for us, obviously. He's not signed for Salford at the moment. He's in the, uh, the foundation. So he's being coached by Danny Barton. Danny thinks really highly of him. He's uh, recommended him to, to Watto. But it's great to see, see a youngster like that doing so well. And, um, you know, I hope we can hang on to him and, and, and sign him up because he's definitely going to be a star player. He, you, you can tell he's got that that something about him. So really pleased for him and uh, really nice to meet him. And hopefully we can chat to him again later in the season. Yeah, I suppose it's about nurturing, you know, players like that, Paul. Because yes. obviously he's too, he's too young for him to be thrown in at the deep end. You know, we might get a couple of games in a, in a sort of a second division side. Now loan him out maybe, you know, play a bit, you know, build that confidence, build him up physically. Um, and we'll see where we go. Hopefully, he could be the next. He could be the next superstar. Well, yeah. You, you think back to um, to when we had Mark Olker. Uh, he was a bit older than sixteen, was he? I think he was about eighteen when he was coming into our first team. But the big thing then you had was your academy. Whereas now we've not got the academy, which is a great shame because if we did have an academy now, you know, Connor would probably be in that now and, and, and playing for us. So hopefully, we can get that resurrected over the next couple of years. Because at the moment, I think we're missing out and. With Connor now, you're in the danger of, you know, if a club does come in who've got an academy and offers him a contract, he'd be a fool to turn it down. So hopefully we can sort something out and keep him progressing this year and hang on to him because, uh, you know, we don't want to lose good youngsters to other clubs just because we've not got that pathway in place. So uh, obviously the foundation doing a great job, aren't they, with the, the college lads and the... Uh, like I said, if we can get something else available for that next step, you know, step between the first team and, and, and the foundation, that would be something uh, something good. Yeah, I suppose that kind of thing, you can't really magic overnight, can you, unfortunately? You kind of you put these things in place and then the RFL have to verify it. And even when you do get an academy, it'll take them, might take them three to five years to get the, the ball rolling, if that makes sense. So, you know, we are where we are and, you know, the academy's doing uh, the... Both Red Foundation are doing a fantastic job, you know, with these college kids, and you know, you're hoping that a couple of years time, hopefully the club might be able to get an academy or a reserve team to run in, and hopefully, you know, these lads will just slip in and, and be part of the process. I think if you want to compete at the top level of Super League, Rob, I think it should be mandatory to, to excuse me, should to have one. Uh, I think it was crazy the way ours went, and I'm not going to go into that now because it winds me up. But um, it should never have gone in the first place. It was a disgrace that. But no, it's going to take time to build it back. And I'm sure they will get it back. There's people at the club now who, who've got the vision, haven't they? And, uh, you know, listen to what Paul King was saying on um, on Tuesday night. We missed quite a bit of it, but I believe he's very upbeat about these sort of things. And, and there's people there now who want to do things the right way. 
And you know, I, I think I think the academy will come back. But for now, we've just got to hope we can hang on to these these little gems that are coming through because there's probably some more in that. You know, in the in the foundation now. Danny Barton's a good coach, isn't he? Neil Blackburn there as well. The whole gang of them are all doing some tremendous stuff. They've had some excellent results the last few weeks. The uh, the, the college team. So uh, so yeah, we've just got to keep our uh, our eyes open and uh, keep keep these other clubs off our talent, as it, as it so to speak. Yeah, talking about people doing the right way, Ian Watson. Uh, probably happy that. You know, we got through uh, the Swinton game, sort of not too bashed up. I know uh, Jackson Aitens limped off, didn't he, at one point? Um, but he seemed all right on Tuesday. Yeah, he seemed okay. I mean, young Connor um, took a bit of a bang towards the end of the game there. And as you were saying there, Robbie, he's only 16, so he, he's not quite as big as some of them other guys. And that's what Ian Watson we said in his interview. They can't just throw him in every week because you know he'll get he'll, he could get injured and you've got to get up to the, the speed of these big blokes, haven't you? There's a whole world of difference between playing in it, you know, the, the foundation team and playing against big guys in um, in the Super League and, and Swinton. You know, all credit to them are a championship side, but they've got some really wily old pros playing for them, haven't they? And some some big lads. And uh, I thought they did really well, Swinton on on Saturday. I thought I thought the goal line defence was excellent in parts. We you know we, we threw a lot at them. And they could have caved in really, and but they didn't. They hung in there and uh, and they kept fighting. But uh, but no, there was some some good performances on there, and you know, Swinton put themselves about. We had to be on our metal, really. Yeah, you spoke to uh, Ian Watson uh, after the game, and this is what he had to say. Coach's corner. I'm joined by Ian Watson. What do you make of that today? It was a fairly routine result for Salford today against against lower league opposition. But Swinton came and they give a good account of themselves. I thought. Yeah, I thought they were really grubber um, first half. They come, I think they give a penalty away straight away in the first set by having hands in face on Jansen, um, and they come here to mix it up and um, test themselves a little bit. And I was glad they came that way with that mentality as well. And to be fair, we got out of it what we wanted to get out of it, and we got a little bit of an arm wrestle there when they started to really mix it up, Swinton, and kind of put us off our game a little bit so we just need to make sure that we learn from that and make sure that if teams are trying to put us off how we play then we just focus on um, what we can deliver Jackson and, and Robert Lewis seem to link up really well again yep. today didn't they and their partnerships obviously are going to be pivotal this season going yep. forward in Super League how pleased we they didn't seem to show any rustiness today they seem to just hit it off straight away well, we, we've done a hell of a lot of work in pre-season to be fair in and around our attack we've just fine tunes little bits as well and um, I think the way Niall was talking to them and Niall was linking, I think he's stepped up again, Niall as well, which really adds to obviously Jacko and Robbie. And then you've got the control at the dummy half with Joey at the moment as well. So I think it all builds us to have a really good, good spine there who communicate and linking really well in attack. So things have been flowing throughout pre-season and the fact they've all got through the pre-season has been a, a really big plus for us because we've had that continuity as we've built it. I know it's early days, but is goal kicking a bit of a concern no. for you? No, it was really, oh, it was really is, weird. Is Ed yeah. Chamberlain definitely going to be the goal because I know you mixed oh, up a bit today we had three yeah, kickers didn't we well I think we've got five in the squad this year whereas last year we had none so I'd rather have that you know, it's massively important that we go up in sixes um, so our goal kicking will be something that's addressed as we go forward it always seems breezy at the stadium yeah, right, well, for some oh, reason. It's, it's really windy coming through the yeah. corners so today was very windy as well when Ed started kicking so anytime he was kicking off this left touch line here the ball was really strong pushing it across as well so he's just got to learn Kind of the dynamics of the field, if you like, really. But now Ed's a good kicker. We've got Jackson who can kick. We've got Joey who can kick. Robbie who can kick as well. And there's a few others in there as well who can kick if we need to. But we're pretty strong in that area. But it is important that we go up in sixes rather than the fours. But like I say 
happy with what we got out of it today. It's um, the first step on the ladder for us. Uh, we've got Wigan next week as well, so that'll be another step, stepping stone going forward. That's obviously a big test now against Wigan, the, the champions coming down here. But that's the, the test you need now with the Huddersfield game yeah. being two weeks after that. You've not got. Well, how do you go after the Wigan game then? Is it like back into tough training and all? Is that sort of just yeah. ticking over then to the Huddersfield game? Well, we've been training. Um, a certain way all the way through now and we've built, we've built our mentality towards training going through the season so everyone knows what to expect and what, how the training sessions are going to run now so we'll maintain that as we're going throughout the season now um, today was a big one it was important for us to get middles minutes if you, if you look in the first half we didn't make one interchange which tells you our middles can handle playing decent minutes um, and it was important we did that against this opposition because there's this level and then there's the Wigan level as well. So then we'll have a little look at where the Wigan level takes us in and around the stop clock. So where we can start to see when our middles are going to fatigue this year. Because before the game today, we didn't know whether they were going to fatigue at 10 minutes, whether they were going to fatigue at 30 minutes. You've just got to have a little look at kind of with the game changing and the rules changing of how long they can play. So I knew all the time before that Moose can play 30 minutes non-stop, regardless of the stop clock. But now with the stop clock coming in, we need to have a little look at where he can push himself to and where he can get to. That is, he's giving 100% and then it's not having a, a little bit of an impact on his performance, really. With the substitutions dropping from 10 to 8 as well, does that give you another headache where players have got to give big minutes? Will a hooker start having to play 80 minutes? Will you lose forward after start playing 80 minutes? Um, yeah, you can look at all things like The big thing with us is, if you, if you look at it, um, probably over the last couple of years we've probably used our last two subs um, sometimes in the last five minutes if we've used them at all we've, we've got a set of players in the middle who are fit enough to be able to play big minutes so I don't panic in using all my subs and I don't think I've always used all my subs me um, and that was something that came through with talking with Tim a few years ago um, when Tim Sheens was uh, director of it and we were talking about how the Australian game had changed to eight interchanges so and how our game would eventually kind of follow that um, so we always had to making sure that we got middles who had a bit of endurance about them and who can um, play big minutes as well. And we've got quite a lot of them. If you look at our middles, they're pretty athletic. Lee Mossop, um, Gildudson, we've got him in great shape. Um, he's going well for us. We've got people like Daniel Murray as well, Ben Knack as well. They've got people who've got a bit of an engine in there, George Griffin, they can play big minutes. So it's hopefully suits us. Hopefully suits us having um, a little bit of a kind of the lesser subs really more than anything a special mention today for the youngster you brought on Connor I've always named him Connor yeah. Davis Aspie I didn't want to get his yeah, name yeah. on with it being a double barrel I'll one, say Connor <laughs> how exciting was Connor coming out I mean yeah, I think the first break there where he just held onto the ball too long and I was delighted for him then because he got a second chance yeah, and he yeah. set a try up yeah. how good is that for you having, having a youngster coming through the system you, yeah, you didn't I, look out of place either yeah you? I think all the credit there has got to go to kind of Danny Barton to be fair Danny Barton's picked um, young Connor up um, from the foundation and he's been training with the foundation to be fair and then We've seen him in a couple of games that he's played and we've liked him so we dropped him in in training and we've given him a month's trial now as well. And Could he just, could he figure for you this season though, if he carries kicking he's on? He's a big ass mate, he's, he's only 16 and like I say he's a baby 16, he's only just pretty fresh as a 16 year old. Playing against Swinton and then going playing against Wigan mm -hmm. is a different kettle of fish. Um, what you've got to be careful with the young lads at 16 is the way the system is now, years ago at 16 we used to come in and we used to play against blokes or we'd play against blokes at amateur. These have not played against blokes before. Yeah. That's his first game playing against blokes there. So whether you think about putting him in against Wiggins, another thing. We've got to be careful of that because we've got to be smart with that. I he took got, a bit of a heavy yeah, hit at the end, didn't there, there end, yeah. In his ribs. And what we don't want is we don't want to damage someone's career um, 
before it's even started. So with somebody like young Connor, we need to be a little bit patient, and he'll probably need to be a little bit patient as well with that because after today he'll be cock-a-hoop today, and he has he's done fantastic today. But may, maybe this is where it might be something that we need to look at. We might have to speak to a championship club and say about loaning him out to them for maybe the year and let him just play a few games in there first or even League One, and then we can develop him. But I think, like I say, Danny Barton and uh, the foundation need a um, pat on the back for identifying young Connor because Danny was the one who came to me and said, I've got a young nine who's just come in the system this year. When we start playing, come and have a look at him. He's doing really well. So we went down and had a little look at him. He said, we liked what we saw. So we've asked him to come in. And he's a confident little kid as well. He's he not seems a bit of pass both ways as well. Didn't Great he? distribution. He done really yeah. good the way he distributed the yeah. ball there. And I think he gave the crowd the lift, didn't he? You know, yeah, a young guy. Energy, he? He's a young guy coming off the bench. Yeah. It was great to see that. Yeah. He's, as a support, you, you want to see people with energy. Yeah. I think that's why they took to Jackson last year. Do you think the, the biggest thing Jackson brought last year was an energy and enthusiasm? Uh, Connor's done the same today. He's come on and he's played with energy and enthusiasm. And people see that and they love that and they, they follow that in a way as well but not only the crowd the other players follow that they see, they see him running around getting all excited and trying things as well and then they'll follow that as well and it, it's good for your squad to have players like that and you don't want to kind of quash that you want to encourage that and have I think with Joey Lussick you've got another one there yeah, as well he was so yeah. busy in that second half yeah. with his two tries he's goalkeeper he seemed to be everywhere at a stage there in the second half so, uh, yeah, no, so you've got another one yeah. there Joey's, Joey's been good for us again having a pre-season was having, having that little bit of time at the end of the season was great for us but having the pre-season with us as well has really built on them links and the combinations between Jacko and Robbie and Niall as well and even the other guys that we've kind of dropped in there as well because we've had Ed run at fullback, we've had Seal run at fullback so we've had the guys dropping in and out of training so that we're getting them combinations so everything looks smooth so like today when we had a lot of changes we still actually look pretty good to be fair so Excited for Wigan next Sunday? Yeah, yeah, no, looking forward to it. Obviously, we'll assess where we've got to with this with this group and after this game, and then we'll make a team, obviously, going into that one. But the, the big aim is for us going to get Huddersfield in a few weeks. It's not Wigan. Um, and like I say, it wasn't again about Swinton today. Today was about working on a few things we'd done in training. Again, next week will be the same there. It's not kind of probably the result we're looking at at this moment in time. Or but It's great to win the games, and you want to win every game you're playing. But the main thing is making sure that we're improving on certain bits that we've, we've identified we need to be better at this year. I think the big thing in these friendlies as well, especially from a coach's perspective, is injuries. You don't want to get yeah. any injuries. But if you, have you gone on today? A clean bill of health, really? Oh, yeah, we're all right. These are two players who probably picked a bit of a knock-up, which is uh, Jackson and um, Robert. Um, Jackson, like... He's, he's, he's high energy, so he's all over the place. So he's going to get in a lot of collisions, and he does. He picks up a few knocks up, but that's the way he plays the game. You can't stop him playing the game that way, else you'll just you'll stop his talents. Thanks very much for speaking to us today. See you next week, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Coach's corner. So that was Ian Watson Paul talking to yourself after the game, and uh, you know he's happy to blow the cobwebs away. Yeah, he was very, very positive, Ian Watson, after the game. I mean, I wasn't expecting him to be as upbeat as he was, but um, no, he was delighted. I think he's he's buzzing for the season now, Watto. I think he can't wait for it for it all to start again. And I think he's excited by by the squad that he's got. That's the vibe I got from him when I spoke to him um, in the close season in December. He's excited about the players. Obviously, he sees them every day in training and sees what they what they're doing. Any side that's got two guys like Robert Louis and Jackson Hastings, and we all, we all mentioned it on on Tuesday night at the AGM, didn't we? I mean really those two guys have got the potential to be the best half packs in the league and if, if they can fire on their day we've got the potential of beating anybody haven't we so um, so Ian's going to be excited about that because this this team could really go places I mean nobody knows we're a bit of an unknown quantity at the moment aren't we Jackson Ace has not played against sort of Wigan St. Helens 
as he yet. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I'm pretty confident that, uh, that we can cause a stir this season. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. Obviously, the Wigan game is going to be a bigger test and give us more of an idea where we are. But even then, you know, it's not all about the Wigan game. It's about being ready for for the field in two weeks. Yeah, certainly, it's not about the Wigan game at all, Rob. I think on. Um, on Sunday, you just want to get through that game without without any injuries, really, don't you? And obviously, get your fitness levels up because it's, you're playing against a, a good Super League side. And I, I'm pretty sure this is Wigan's first warm-up game, so uh, so they're they're going to be rusty as well, aren't they? But yeah, get through that one. Then you've got that week break, and then into the the Huddersfield game. And Huddersfield have played quite a few warm-up games, and they've looked, scored some points, haven't they? So they're going to be tough to beat. You've got a good good young coach, haven't they, as well? Who did well towards the end of last season? They got into the top eight, didn't they? So they're coming on the back of that. So that's that's going to be a really hard game. But yeah, we've got to make sure we're we're ready for that game. It's not about Wigan, it's about the Huddersfield match. Yeah, we talk about Wigan being rusty, though, but we do have like an academy, we do have quality players. They're probably playing games within themselves in training, so it's not like they're going straight off the beach into the into the game. You know what I mean? A lot of people, I think, will be looking at this game and think, well, Wigan haven't played a game, we should really maul them. But, you know, Wigan are a good side, full of internationals. You know, they've got an academy set up there that you know players who, who want to prove themselves that you know they can play at the very top level so they'll want to they'll come out firing uh, I think on, on Sunday so we just need to be you know professional enough to keep fit keep the ball moving and, and hopefully win the game Wigan's probably got one of the best academy setups in the world haven't they they, 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 they sort of a conveyor belt of talent aren't they there at Wigan I mean we can only have to admire that don't you look at some of the players that come through their system and can't get in the, in the side it's uh, it's unbelievable, and the lads, they, you know, in Swinton have benefited from that over the last few years. The dual reg, haven't they? They've got some excellent players off, off Wigan. So, um, so yeah, I mean, they're, they're a class side, aren't they? I mean, class is, is permanent, Rob. You'll see that on on Sunday. The pace that they've got, I think that's what, what you've got to look at with a side like Wigan. They're like St. Helens, aren't they? Warrington. They've got that pace out wide. That ball moves, and boom, the wingers and centres are away, aren't they? So we've got to be switched on, and obviously a lot's on on Zach Ardick's shoulders. People are going to want to see how, how he goes on uh, on Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that. He's been out of the game for for a while, and be interesting to see how how fresh and how how fit and how sharp he looks. Yeah. So. Uh... Interesting to see what happens against Wigan. So that was our review of the game against Swint. And uh, now, Paul, do you want to talk about my uh, best 13? Yeah, I've been looking forward to this, mate. Yeah, fired away. Yeah, so I made a, I made a squad originally, but then obviously we have to, I had to whittle it down to a, a 17-man uh, squad. So what I'll do, I'll start with my full-back. My full-back, a lot of good people to choose from. Uh, the likes of Gary Broadbent and uh, Jason Flowers, Nia Levels. You know, we're, we're blessed, really, with full-backs through the years. Uh, but I've gone for Jazz O'Brien as my uh, number one fullback. I'll tell you why. Because I like my fullback to come into the line and to be an extra pivot. And he's probably the best sole fullback I've seen do that. Probably because he was originally a halfback and he can lead the game. Um, so, yeah, I probably go in, I went with him at fullback and he can kick goals as well. He's a good thing. Yeah, certainly. I think you've picked a good one there. I think Gareth O'Brien was, was excellent for us. I mean, if you look at his career before he came to Salford, he was, he was more of a standoff. I don't think he played full-back at any of his other clubs, had he? So, uh, so yeah, Ian Watson found a place for him there, didn't he? And uh, like you said, he did, he did well when he used to chime in the line. And um, no, I think um, I'd go along with Gareth. I think he's, he's, he's a good player for us. Shame, yeah. shame when he left, but a good player. Yeah, well, I thought it's one of them things, I suppose, you have the choice between him and, and, and Nia Levels, and Nia Levels has come through our, our system, and, you know, he's, he's, he's sold to the core, so as, as a club, you, you, you know, you're probably thinking, keep your, keep your youngsters, keep your, your, as much as you're true together as you can, so, you know, that, that decided, obviously, 
Gareth uh, O'Brien decided to go to Toronto, didn't he, in the end, so Nile Levels took over. To be honest, Nile Levels runs in very close, um, but for me, I think he doesn't come into the line as, as well as Gaz O'Brien did. Might be something he'll be at developing you know, further on in his career, um, but we'll have to wait and see, Yeah, Nile's an excellent player. It's funny, I was talking to Nile's dad on um, on Saturday against against Swinton, he, he, he said to me, oh, have a look at this, Paul. He pulled out a, a coaster out of, his, out of his pocket, um, you know, like a one that you put your mug on and um, it was a photograph um, from the Hulk AR game last season in the summer and he was talking to my dad and Steve McCormick um, took a picture of him and my dad like chatting together anyway Niall had it um, done onto a coaster and printed onto a mug for Christmas for his dad and he put he printed on it my dad always watching me and um, he just said oh sure tell your dad I've had this coaster and he's on it and if he wants a copy of it so uh, my dad thought it was quite funny yeah He's on Nile Levels, his dad's mug. <laughs> but no, he's, he's, he's there every week, Nile's dad. He's a, he's a really, you've seen him before, you spoke to yeah. him. He's yeah. a really nice guy. And, um, you know, like you said, Nile's Salford to the core, isn't he? He's been there that long now. And his dad is, his dad, um, big Salford supporter, and he, he lives and breathes every minute of it. I'm a massive Nile Levels fan. I think he's, um, he, he nearly got into my team, Rob. I, I picked Gibbo from a fullback, but I, I'd have Nile every day of the week. He's an excellent, excellent young guy. And, Excellent character as well, but like you said, Gareth O'Brien, real a real talent and good goal kicker as well. And I think you picked a good one there. Yeah, my um, winger, my um, first winger would be um, Alan Hunt, the rugby genius. Um, kind of, it's kind of the, the journey he went on to, you know, at while at Salford. He started off quite badly. People got on his back a bit. Um, started, with, you know, Alan Hunt, the rugby genius, started off, but then he went hundred yards against Wakefield at home. From that point on. His career at Salford kind of rose like a roller coaster, up and up and up. And obviously, in 2002, went 100 yards against Warrington, but we got relegated. But everyone who was there remembers that 100 um, metre dash and the effort he put in to get over the line. Unfortunately, he went down. But on the year after, in the first division, he was one of our you know star players, performing every week, scoring tries every week. And then you can forget his uh, his two tries in the in the grand final, uh, you know, to help us up. It was a you know fantastic achievement uh, for him. Uh, and he was a great player for us. He's a really lovely guy as well, Alan. I did an interview with him last year and did an article for 4020 about him. And we went to that, I told you about it, didn't we? went to that Costa Costa. I missed the radio. I was supposed to come into the radio. You want, and I, <laughs> he kept me talking for like three hours in Costa Costa. We did a three hour interview with him. And he told me everything about his career. And I remember him saying um, he felt like he'd not let Salford down, but he felt like he had to sort of repay Salford in 2003. He paid for a lot less money than what he was on in 2002, but was so disappointed that we got relegated. I think he wanted to give something back to the supporters and get us back promoted because I think he retired, didn't he, after the grand final in 2003? So, and he was, he was excellent. He did a great job for us and at the back end of his career when he played for Salford. But that 2003 season, I thought he was absolutely brilliant for us in, in that year. And, and he did, he did, he repaid us, didn't he, in, uh, in spades there. Even in 2002, he went 100 yards against Wakefield, went blindside against uh, Widnes and won us the game, uh, and went over. Numerous other moments in that in that season. He was 100 yeah. yards against against Warrington, and then obviously the season after, you know, fabulous. I thought he was an you know really good uh, player, very experienced, showed experience, you know, and kind of. I think it was a journey, and I think it was a message to lots of players who don't particularly start well at Salford and get kind of you know. Um, you know, squeezed with that pressure. He just took, he just decided that I'm not having this pressure anymore, and he made it happen. And it's just he went from 
Well, zero to hero, didn't he? In two years, yeah. and it's kind of a you know, a, like I said, it's a message to players who, who might be suffering and thinking, oh, I need to find some form. If Alan Hunt can turn it around and become you know a a cult hero, would be genius. You know, I can. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what an experienced player he was as well. I mean, Great Britain international. Every team he played for, Alan Hunt, I think he, he gave him great service, didn't he? Prolific try scorer, and you no, know, you don't get many players like Alan. Hunt. They don't come along very often, do they? And, you know, real character as well, wasn't he? Real sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He, he didn't like suffer feels as the Alan Hunt when he was on the pitch. He can look after himself as well. Very powerful player, and no, he's a, he's a, he's a player I admire. I think you picked a picked a, another good one there, mate. Yeah, uh, my next one um, is uh, Stuart Littler. Feed the horse and he will score. Um, kind of a, a Salford stalwart. Always, you know, plays in the centre. Always chirping away. Always gave 100%. Knew where the line was. Scored loads of important tries for Salford. Yeah, he's, he's almost, he never really passed to his winger much, but that's nothing new for Salford, uh, Salford centre. But, you know, he was he was a fantastic try scorer. He knew where the line was. And, you know, when he kind of had this kind of a weird kind of sort of a mazy kind of running style when he made a break and uh, like a wild horse that's why they, I suppose that's why they call a feed the horse and he will score and you know him in the team I think you know he's, he's got to be there because he scored so many tries in his 10 year career itself played a lot of games as well didn't he and, and, and came through the, the Salford system didn't he so so yeah, I couldn't argue with that he, he came close to coming into my team as well because he's such a likeable guy isn't he when he played for us like you said there uh, he always seemed to get the better of his opposition. And I, I don't think Stuart would mind me saying he's probably not the quickest bloke ever, is he? Not the quickest centre. And he's probably not the most gifted of players, but what what he's not got in like sort of I don't want to say he's untalented because he's a very talented player, but obviously there's probably better centres than him out there at you know, guys like Keith Senior who played played against him. I remember him playing against Keith at Salford and Keith Senior was a world class centre, but Stuart Littler always seemed to get the better of him. He was always niggling in the air. He must have been such a tough player to play against. And, and like you said, he scored some great tries for Salford, some very, very important tries. And it was his appearances. He never seemed to get many injuries. He was always there, wasn't he? Week in, week out. And such a reliable, sort of dependable bloke. And he'd run through a brick wall for you as well. He really would, Stuart Littler. And he's another one you don't... Guys like him don't come along very often. How, how many guys play for, for clubs for 10 years now? They don't. Um, I don't think you'll see many Stuart Littlers in the future yeah 2003 what a season for him um, Ariba Cup final scores there um, scores in the grand final against Lee's hometown club every 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 game he was giving them loads and they were giving him loads yeah he was Yeah. to, to score, the, to score the, the, the winner in the grand final to send us up and keep Lee down that's you know that's a memory that we're all going to cherish probably the only one probably only second to, to the, the million pound miracle for me yeah, it was a great day, that wasn't it? I remember him scoring that try late on. And I tell you, another try he scored that was important that season was the was it the first time? I think first match against we played Lee seven times that season. We won six and drew one. The first one we drew at Hilton Park, and we were losing twenty points to sixteen. I think it was twenty sixteen. And Little scored in the corner in the last minute and grabbed us a draw. I think yeah. it might have been twenty fourteen. I think Chris Charles kicked the goal off the touchline. It was twenty twenty, and um, I think if Lee had won that day. Looking back now, it might have been different because that might have given them the confidence to beat us again. But we got that draw and then we never sort of had any problems with them. Then we won, it, won every game pretty convincingly against them. So that was a really a try. I always remember that try. It always sticks out in my mind. He's squeezing at the corner. And he could finish, Stuart Little, an excellent finisher. Yeah, so he's, he's one of my centres. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure about the, the left centre, whether 
the players I picked played left centre or not. So I've, I've gone for, I think Kevin McGuinness was, a, was he a right centre or left centre, Kevin McGuinness? Um, I think he played a bit of both, to be honest, Rob. Yeah. Right, well, I, I mean, the three I've got, because they weren't sure whether he played right or left, but I've got Kevin McGuinness, I've got Joel Moon, and I've got Sean Gleeson. I know Joel Moon plays on the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. So, I would like to say Kevin McGuinness, I think he was a bit, he was more of a, um, you know, great character, um, you know, magic hands, very fast, um, knew where the line was, um, well, I'm not sure whether he played left centre or not. But if he did, you can, have him. you can have him in your left centre. Can I start well, well, yeah. in the left centre? That's fine. Um, and then on the left wing, I'd go with uh, Dodgy Odgy as my left wing. Yeah. He was yeah. Um, he knew where the line was. Kicked goals. Um, one of them where we, you know, when he, when he, when he even though he was going to catch it or not, we could do something magical. Then we could do something crazy. Um, but he was, he was, he was a good finisher for Salford, and uh, had pace to burn. Um, yes, that's the object, but he knew where the line was. Certainly did, and he's another guy that's been excellent wherever he's played, hasn't he? He started a long while ago, didn't he? He played at Halifax, and then he went to Wigan, didn't he? He's played at OKI, he's played at Huddersfield, he's played at Salford. Really, real top winger, and I'm surprised he didn't get more international caps than what he did, because he was, uh, I think at the time when, when he played, there was a lot of good wingers, wasn't there? In, yeah. in the league and he always seemed to get overlooked but no he's a nice guy off the field as well and I think he was still playing last season wasn't he? or still registered as a player at Old KH so I'm not sure whether he's this season but um, but no a real good guy David Hodgson and yeah I can't uh, I can see that one mate as well that's another good uh, another good choice good side this I think he's a left I think he was a, I think he's a left winger well, if, he was, if, he, if he wasn't left winger I'd have Nathan McAvoy you know he played on the left wing so we'll have Dodgy Hodgson if, if he was a left he's played on the left he played on uh, five, didn't he, Dodgy Hodgie, so he'll be a left winger. Yeah, that's right, that's right, we'll keep him there. Um, next one, standoff, uh, there's only one, it's for me, it's the, the King, Steve Blakely. Um, ten years Good ago, man. magical sidestep, pace to burn, um, what a player. The only, the only problem he was he, in his career at Salford, he never really was in part of a... A really, really, really good team. <coughs> he was kind of the, the shining light in, in, in many of that Salford team. Um, yeah, scored loads of kicks, scored, lo- scored loads of points. He was our main man. And, um, you know, Alan Watkins was fantastic for, for 10 years. Fantastic player, yeah. The only the only thing was when he went to Warrington at the start of 2000, when he went there for six months and didn't like it and came back. Um, but, yeah, like you said... I thought Steve Blakely was at his peak sort of around 95, 96, 97, that three-year period there. I thought he was one of the best standoffs in the country, I thought. He, he could he could sidestep on a six-month. He had that pace off the mark. Real, real sort of real quality to watch. He used to glide around the pitch, didn't he? And I think at the end of that 97 season, we brought in uh, Josh White and Martin Crompton, two scrum halves, and neither of them seemed to be able to play with Steve. And if we could have, if we could have got a a real organising scrum half, someone like a Gavin Clinch there with him. We'd, we we might have done something in that '98 season, but obviously we, we didn't, and we, and we struggled. But he was just lacking that um, that scrum half. I always thought he played well with Ian Watson in the '97 season when Wattle played with, with Blake. I thought their partnership linked really, really well, and we played some some fantastic games. I remember us beating Wigan at home. Them two were, were on fire that night, and then for for one reason or another, Ian um, didn't get in the side. For one, I don't know whether Andy Gregory. Didn't see him in the team, and he left and went to Swinton. But 
but no, Steve Blakely was, was outstanding. He's another guy that perhaps should have played more international rugby league than, than what he did, whether it was because he was playing for Salford and that held him back slightly, I'm not too sure. But he was very loyal to us, Rob. I'm pretty sure he could have left and gone to other places more times than, than, than what he did. And um, no, he's he's probably one of my favourite all-time players. Yeah, and also as his career went on, I thought he was fantastic as well. His final season in 2003, uh, I remember he went to Doncaster and he won us the game there. We were struggling did, that yeah. Time. And he came on from the bench and, and did something magical and won us the game and you know kicked the uh, I think he kicked the final goal in, in the uh, in the grand final as well which is a, a, a fitting send off for for him uh, so yeah he'd be my stand off yeah uh, blast from the past that Doncaster get thirty four twenty four I think that was it Bellevue at Doncaster I remember that he chucked it down it was a proper miserable day wasn't it and yeah. we was going to lose that game and he, he did he come off the bench and uh, and pulled that one out of the fire for us him and, him and Andy Cola yeah. Um, Scrum half um, was Gavin Clinch. Clinch the pinch. Um, our organizer, our man, yeah. um, for a couple of seasons, kind of helped us how how to win a game um, with his with his you know tactical knowledge. Also had that able ability to pinch the ball off somebody in the tackle, uh, which was important. I remember he went to you know to is it Jewsbury and nicked the ball off a fullback and went under the post after a yeah. kick. Um, you know, fantastic player tactically. Um, I think he'd have done really well with uh, with uh, Steve Blaker. Yeah, it's funny how I said that, and uh, and then he mentioned Gavin Clinch. I remember when we we signed him, he, he was playing for Halifax, wasn't he? Around two thousand one, two thousand and two, with Andrew Dooneyman actually, and uh, Halifax were a decent side then. He, he played really well for them, and I remember going. We got relegated, didn't we? And I remember going to the um, like the meet the players night when they announced the squad numbers and all that, and. John Wilkie said, we've got a sign to announce in. It was Gavin Clinch. And I thought, blimey. I'm saying to my dad, we've signed Gavin Clinch. You know, he's, he's been playing Super League for Halifax and he's dropping down a league to play for us in, in the National League One as it was then. And he, he owned that league. He absolutely owned it. And the, the amount of um, high shots he took that season against <laughs> like, so Lee and, and Whitehaven. There's the guy, was it that fatty loafer who played for Whitehaven? Leroy Joel. He didn't have Clatterham and yeah. a couple of guys at Lee as well. They, they took his head off. But, one brave, brave bloke. He just kept coming for more, didn't he? And uh, no, excellent organizer, as you said. And that partnership he had with Cliff Beverly that season, yeah. they really, really linked really well, didn't they? Yeah, I think the signing of Gavin Clinch is probably as important to our club as the signing of Andrew, Andrew Dunham was uh, when he got to that playoff for that one season because he just he just made the difference and he, and he took us to another level. Um, obviously, Dunham. Was only here for, for 12 months, and that's why you know put Steve Blakely in front of him because he was here for 10 years, and he was as good as Dunham was for 10 years rather than just one. That's why I put Blakely in front of him. Um, yeah. But yeah, happy with that uh, so far. My selection. Um, next one, I'm gonna go for Andy Coley as my first prop. Um, you know, freakishly strong, freakishly fast, proper athlete. Um, came he came from Swinton. Um, he wasn't like a freak really you know bursting tackles all over the show um, was a fantastic player for us uh, during his time in the Salford shirt I always preferred him in the second row to be honest I know he moved to prop didn't he but uh, yeah when he used to run out wide there he took some stopping didn't he He's real pace didn't he had the pace of a back he was mm-hmm. great great to watch Andy Cole he made a lot of appearances for us and I was reading something about him recently and he actually played more games for Wigan than he did for Salford yeah. And and I couldn't believe that, but he played a similar sort of time there because he left there us and, and went on to, to play really well for them and became a, a real crowd favourite there. So, you know, um, excellent player, really, really top forward Andy Cole. And there's probably not been many 
as good as him since, really. I mean, he was a, a really good player. and um, Yeah, another one, he could have played more international games than what he did because he was always around, in and around the squad, wasn't he? And his name was always getting mentioned. And he didn't quite get in as many times as he would have liked to have done in the Great Britain and England squad. But yeah, really, really top forward to watch. When he was in flight, Andy Cole, he was, he was some, took some stopping and he was special to watch. Yeah, Miyoko um, is only going to be one. Malcolm Alka. Um, we talked all about Malcolm Alka last 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 week, didn't we? About him being Mr. Salford and yeah. putting his body on the line. Um, you know, defensively, he was fantastic. You know, everyone kind of like he was a leader. Everyone just kind of followed his follow his lead. Um, the ultimate kind of general for us uh, being a Salford in a Salford team. Uh, so he's got to, he's got to be nine. Yeah. Um, the other forward would be Rucho. Uh, Sean Ruggerson, I think he's there. He was, you know, really energetic forward, uh, always taking the ball to the line. Um, a nice bloke as well. You know, he's always he always kind of talked to people when when you spoke to him, and you know, he was a nice uh, nice bloke. And I thought he did well at Salford. He showed us, you know, you know what it was all about. He did. To be honest with you, I think he's one of the best inputs we've had in the last sort of fifteen years, Ruggerson. I can't think of many as, as good as him. He, he came over it and. And run his blood to water for us. Look after, no, no nonsense. As I said the other week, he, he made my team. You, the three guys you just put there, Andy Coley, Malcolm Walker, and Sean Lucasson were all in my team. And yeah, he, he'd run through a brick wall for you, Sean Lucasson, and he'd run as hard in the, the 80th minute as he, as he did in the first. Real top player, gentleman as well. And uh, yeah, he's, he'd grace any any Salford team. Yeah, my um, back row. Um, what is I like with back rows? I like one that's going to graph for you, and I like one with a pair of hands. So mm-hmm. you know. I've gone for Darren Brown has one as one of his uh, second rows because he was uh, kind of a ball playing forward. Uh, we played yeah. a lot, we played a lot at, at standoff, but I think in my team he'd have to play in the back row because he could throw the ball about, and that's and that's gives you an extra dimension going forward. So you know, and I knew his son as well. I spoke to his son quite a lot um, when he came over um, and told him how he how he was going on, and uh, yeah, I would go for Darren Brown as my uh, first second row. Darren Brown was was clever. Very clever player, wasn't he? Very clever ball handling forward. He used to do that top punt over the top as well, that little kick through that he used to do. When Darren Brown played for us, I always thought he was in a poor team, really, sort of 99, 2000, around that time he played. If he'd have been in a better side, if he'd have played mid-90s team, I think you'd have seen an even better Darren Brown because sometimes it's hard isn't it, to play in a, in a struggling team when other players aren't reading off the same him sheet as you. So I always thought he felt a bit sorry for him because I think he's a better player than, than the side that he was in. But but no, really clever footballer and very good in Australia for Penrith Panthers as well. He played over there for years, didn't he? And a very good reputation and another nice guy as well, Darren Brown. Yeah, I, I totally understand how he picked him, mate. Yeah, um, the other second row uh, would be Paul Hyten. Um, you know, kind of like an eight out of ten every week. Always took the carries, always took the hits. Um, grafter, you know, and he was always on the team sheet. Never ducked a challenge. What a nice bloke as well. So I'll put him in my second row. Yeah, he played a lot of years for Salford as well. I'd like to see um, how many games Paul Lighton played for us because I bet he played a few, didn't he? He was always there, wasn't he? Another guy that didn't have loads of injuries. He, he always seemed to be in the team. Real hard worker, I thought, Paul. And He's been in and around the club as well a lot since he's, he's finished playing, hasn't he? You know, in, in various roles. And Yeah, he's, you, you speak to Paul. and One thing about Paul, he always 
he always refers to Salford as wasn't he? You know, it's his team. He's an Oldham lad, I, I think. And uh, but you know, he's adopted Salfordian, really, isn't he? The way he talks about Salford. And uh, no, it's nice to have him working back at the club now because he's a friendly face, and you know, he's a guy that's always uh, always free for a chat as well, and a really nice bloke. Yeah, but you you knew he'd get, you'd get a, a decent game out of him every week. He was never yeah. he was never fan. He was never like a ten out of ten performer, but he was always a steady eight. And that's what I think you need in in, in your ballpark. You need somebody who's going to be consistently good every week. And and I thought he was good. I thought that's what he did for Salford for his however long he was here a long time. Yeah, he did definitely definitely a really good player. Yeah, yeah. Um, he looks forward. Um, I'd go for I'm going to go for Mark Flanagan because like what as says many times. He's the glue that keeps us all together. He's the extra pivot in the line as well. He's got a rugby league brain. He works hard as well. Tackles above his weight a lot. Um, so, yeah, I play him as my, uh, my loose forward. I was thinking about Sam Panapa because he's a similar kind of player. He was a similar kind of player, Sam Panapa. But I think Mark Flanagan's slightly bigger than Sam Panapa was and he's got better hands. So, I play him as uh, my loose forward. Well, the bad player, Panapu, you know, better hands than Panapu. Well, he played for Wigan, didn't he, and won a lot of trophies. But I know what you mean when he came to solve his back end of his career, wasn't he? But no, two, two, both two quality players there, Rob. I mean, if you look at uh, Flanagan, um, he set up two two tries again um, at the weekend against Swinton with his lovely soft hands. You know, the way he can pass a ball out there, he slipped ball out to his support players. And guys like Nia Levels, Ed Chamberlain, you back him up this season, Matt Flanagan, you'll... He'll make a lot of hay off his uh, off his off his neat passes. So uh, so yeah, he's been a, he's been a real stalwart for us, Mark Flanagan. Yeah, he was close. I also had Chris Charles in the mix as well because uh, he grabbed because Chris Charles grabs and he kicks goals as well. Um, but I went for Flanagan because like I say I think he's got better hands. Um, Chris Charles is my loose forward. Yeah, I just I just the way I wanted to play. I want I want pivots in my line. So yeah, our team is quite similar actually, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, the bench. Uh, I'd go my first sub uh, would be uh, Baines Neil Baines yeah because when he came on you get you get 15 minutes out of him but he'd lift everybody he'd lift the crowd what, wouldn't he yeah. and that's what you need I think in a substitution you need someone to come on and make a, make a difference and I thought Neil Baines did that for Salford probably wouldn't last too long in, in, in the game that we play now but then he probably would be fitter than he was then uh, but he came on the field he'd make some barnstorming runs and, and you know rattle a few people uh, and it'd lift everybody so even in my first spot on the bench do you remember that try he scored again, against Salford when he was playing for Wigan <laughs> he came off the bench for Wigan uh, I think it was about 98 season and he just he was he was bigger than he was when he played at Salford he was really big and he just run he was at the north stand and he, he must have skittled about 10 Salford players and scored under the post and we signed him after that didn't we because yeah. uh, I think he's a Wigan lad, isn't he? But, but yeah, he's a, he's a good player, Baines. And I don't know, you don't tend to see many players like him these days that come off the bench and, and have that sort of impact. Um, Paliasina was one, wasn't he, when he played at Wigan? And, and Bradford used to have a player called Paul Medley used to come on. He'd just come on for like 10 minutes and just charge the ball in like a madman. But um, like you say, the game seems to have changed a bit now. We don't see those sort of impact forwards coming off the bench as you used to do. But but no, I used to like when Baines would come on. Like you said, he'd lift the... You know, when he got the ball, the old crowd had lift, wouldn't they? He charged it in, so, yeah, good player. Yeah, my second uh, Sunday shoot uh, would be, I think I'm going, I'm going to go for Craig Copjack, because, you know, he, when he came to Salford, for me, in my opinion, he kind of lifted the squad, he lifted the players, um, you know, with the quality that he brought. Um, coming off the bench, he'd, he'd, he'd definitely keep the quality, you know, on the field. 
Um, so yeah, I'd probably keep him uh, as my second sub. Yeah, Copy's another guy who give good service to solve. And it's a shame to see him go over there. I know he's signed for Wakefield this season. And, you know, he'll, be a, he'll be a miss, uh, Copjack. He, he really will. He's a fan's favourite as well, isn't he? A lot of the supporters have a lot of time for Craig. Good family one as well. He's always been good to us, hasn't he, on the podcast, yeah. speaking to us after the game. Uh, he's your favourite, really, I think. Isn't he? You're always, uh, he's, your, he's your go-to man, isn't he, for, yeah. <laughs> for your interview. He's safe bet. You'd kind of like, you'd see him walking down and, and you'd kind of clash eyes with him and he's like, you'd see him. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, I'm really looking forward to seeing him this season when we, we play Wakefield because he is he's a nice guy and he's a proper rugby league man, isn't he? Yeah. And um, he was a good signing for us, Rob, because he, he was excellent at Huddersfield. He won the league leader shield there at Huddersfield and that good side they had, top side they had. And um, he was a good signing for us. I mean, I think he was a, he's a big signing. You know, you sign somebody like that and, you know, he was on the cusp of international rugby league as well, wasn't he? And um, and yeah, we're going to miss him this season. But a really good guy, good impact player off the bench, but also a good starting prop as well. And particularly that 2017 season when we got to the semi-final there, he was playing some of the best rugby league of his career. I remember speaking to Wattop after, I think they played Wakefield at home. Was it the cup game against Wakefield? I think it yeah. was. And um, Wattop was saying to me, I told him in training to do this run to burst, he was calling it. And he did it all night. Every time he took the ball and he burst through, and um, no, he, he really peaked that season for us, and and it was excellent. Wish him all the best. I hope he does well for, for Wakefield this season. Uh, yeah, me me third sub. Um, bit difficult this one really because I, I wanted I wanted this guy in the team, but I couldn't fit him in. But because of his versatility, I think playing it coming off the bench it might work for me. Um, so I'll go for Mark Lee because he you know he could fill in at six, seven, and nine. Um, he kick drop goals. And he's, nice, and he's a nice bloke as well. Yeah, he's a little magician, isn't he, Mark Lee? You've got to have Mark Lee in the team. Yeah. Yeah, just, just for his off-the-field and telling jokes as well, because he's, uh, <laughs> he's just the most entertaining guy you'll meet, isn't he, Mark Lee? He's absolutely brilliant. And he's another one. He's a St. Helens lad, but you speak to him, and I think Salford's always the first result he looks looks for in the papers and on the on the telly, and he's he spent so long with us, didn't he? About 10 years at, at Salford again, so... It, it was funny when Mark Lee finished. I think he went to Charlie coaching, and it, it felt strange because I know he did a bit of assistant for us, didn't he, for a while, and then left. And Salford without Mark Lee was strange, wasn't it? You know, because you get used to a player being there, don't you? Mm. And they like just become part of it, don't they? And Mark Lee for me as a kid growing up was always there in the team. So, um, so yeah, I'm glad you picked Mark Lee. Yeah, and then my final uh, spot uh, on the bench. This this guy doesn't normally play off the bench. Um, but he would be he would do in my team because he's, he's versatile and he's also got a, quite a good running style where he'll run into somebody and then back out and running again so the, the I know it is on my my team would be Josh Jones Josh Jones yeah, not, yeah. He, he, don't, he don't come off the bench for Salford because obviously Walton prefers to play him from the start even the centre or the second row but for me you need a forward you need like he'd probably come on as a, as a forward uh, and then if injuries do happen, you can put him in the back, can't we? But he also makes an impact. He always goes to the line. He always tries to find a, a gap. He'll bounce off, he'll bounce off players. Uh, and that's what you want. You want someone to be able to drive on. Works hard as well, uh, which is which is important as well. Uh, so you do my final selection in my uh, my dream team squad. He's like a bull in a china shop, isn't he, Josh <laughs> Jones? He'll, he'll, he bounces in like a human pinball. Such yeah. a strong bloke as well, though. And if you watch closely sometimes in the game he takes a lot of the of the attack a lot of pressure off the attack because he'll, the defending team sometimes will stick about five men on him won't they it'll take about five men to bring him down 
then you, the, it opens up, then that's when you get the gaps opening up. I think that's how Watto likes to use him sometimes. So, uh, so yeah, he, he's a, he's a, he plays different now to how he played at St. Helens. He's a different. He's been a different player to us. Um, he's he's a different shape now. He's a lot stronger, a lot bigger than he was when he played for Saints. But I think he's a, he's a quality player, isn't he? And he's another guy that when we signed him, I thought, wow, you know, he's um, a big name, isn't he? You know, big name player went to rugby union and made his mark there, and then. I think he's a player that a lot of other teams would like in their squad, and I'm just glad we've got a really good player. And also, like uh, Paul Lighton, he's, a, he's an 8 out of 10 player every week. Yeah, he is. He doesn't yeah. have a bad game, always takes his drives in, always makes his tackles. And you need players like that. You, in, if you're going to have a successful side, you need a lot. You need 4 out of 5, four, 5 players in that in that team that's going to be out 8 out of 10 every week. He's a player. He's, he's a player that doesn't make lots of mistakes either. Does he? He's not a bloke that you think. Oh bloody hell! Josh Jones was crap today. He dropped the ball loads of times. He's not. He's not that sort of player. He's very consistent. He does the basics right, doesn't he? So you can. He's a reliable player. Really reliable player. And uh, no, he, he'd be on the, my, my team sheet every week. Yeah, and he also he also hides when we, we try and interview him. I think we'll Don't think I've ever interviewed Josh Jones. <laughs> I don't think. I've said he always says hi to me, but yeah. I don't know. He runs away. So he's a nice bloke. We've only been interviewing him twice, so uh, yeah, yeah. So he'd be my uh, he'd be my, my final selection. So that was my uh, my dream team, that Paul. Nice Enjoyed that, yeah. Really, really, really good team, that mate. Yeah, hopefully. Better than Joe's, anyway. Yeah, the <laughs> Joe's. I think I think we make the top. I think we make the top eight with them, no problem. Who coach it? Who coach it? I'm gonna go with Ian Watson. I'm gonna go with oh. Ian Watson. I think because obviously he's from where from the journey he's on at Salford at the moment. Um, and he's and he's a local lad, and he knows what Salford's all about, and he's trying to he's trying to manipulate and change it to something that that's going to be beautiful, and he's and he's on this he's on this journey, and I think you know we're going to get there. Yeah, he's had, he's had a few you know problems last season getting the right you know the right things together, but all the problems were out of his hands really. He he was unable to to build the team which he which he wanted the season before when we when we were great. You've got to look at that season with the when he was given the right instruments and the right you know people, he delivered. So if he continues on that and on this road, who knows where we go? So yeah, he'd be my pop. Good shout, good shout. I think with Watto, you've got this um, this continuity now, haven't you? With him, he's been there four and a half seasons now, and <clears throat> what you want from you look at a lot of successful sports clubs like rugby league teams and, and, and football teams over the years, especially over my lifetime and your lifetime. The ones that have been successful have had that continuity. They have the same same manager. Look at United with Alex Ferguson. You know Nottingham Forest with Brian Clough. They're their two football teams I've picked. You look at Wigan with the, with the coaches they've had over the years. And you know, St. Helens, they've, they've had this. You've not had like reams and reams of coaches. You get you, some some sort of club sometimes they'll, they'll change the coach every year, won't they? And, to me, you never really get the success, do you? You, you, know, you change your coach, you bring a load of players in. Sack your coach, bring a load of players in. And you never really get that that continuity, do you? And I think with Ian now, he knows the club inside out, like you've just said there. He knows what the supporters want. He knows how important it is to the supporters. And he, he's building something. And you know, I, I think he's got a really good reputation within the, the sport. He's very well liked. He's very well respected by all the other coaches in Super League and there's a lot of clubs who'd have him in a heartbeat I think you know if they, they sat in the manager and they were on the lookout for someone I think he'd be top of quite a few clubs list yeah I think that's what he said before it's about building a culture isn't it and I think yeah. that's what he's trying to do he's trying to, he's trying to build a create a culture as Holford that the culture wants to win and you know works hard but before we might not have had that 
and he's, he's trying his best to, to make that happen. Uh, so yeah, he'd be my uh, my squad, he'd be my coach in that club. So that was uh, my S thirty, and what we'll do now, Paul, we'll preview the game against Wigan on Sunday. It's time for the devil of the details. Big match preview. So, final pre-season game of the season for Wigan at home on Sunday, two o'clock kickoff at the AJ Bell Stadium. Um, what does he want to do? Does he play a strong squad, or does he mix it up again? Um, I think you play play a strong squad, but I think you obviously I bring the players in who didn't play against Swinton. I think you'll see Daniel Murray coming to the team. You got Josh Wood who didn't play. I think is he is he injured. Josh, I'm not too sure. Um, I think it, no, I think he's fit. Any Josh Wood? I don't think he had, had any problems. So I think Josh Wood, Daniel Murray come in. Uh, Ken Seal, we'd like to see Ken Seal in the team. You know, give him a run out. I think everybody who didn't play against Swinton, I think they'll all get a run out as well, won't they? Um, in a friendly game, I think you can have more than the four subs, can't you? So you can have more people on the bench if you need to, to change things round. So, yeah, I think you're just looking at getting that fitness out as well. Like we said before, the results not mega mega important, is it? Obviously, you don't want to get get battered in the game, do you? But as long as you can avoid injuries, work on a few things as well work on a few combinations and, and just get yourselves ready for that Huddersfield game but the beauty of playing a team like Wigan you're not going to get that sort of time to relax you're going to have to be switched on or, or Wigan are going to punish you aren't they so, uh, so yeah I'm looking forward to it it's going to be a good test and to test ourselves against some, some quality players and I'm sure Jackson Ace is, is looking forward to testing himself against you know the likes of George Williams and, and, and what have you at Wigan so, um, so yeah it's going to be an exciting match yeah give us your score prediction Score prediction was I think uh, I think it's going to be cold in it I think it's going to be dry so the, I don't think the weather's going to make any difference that's where the man Paul's speaking again yeah well you have to think about these things Rob because sometimes <laughs> I'm thinking about when I do my predictions again in my prediction league um, you have to look at the weather because when it's a boggy pitch and that there's not as many points as the, but I think the weather's going to be alright this uh, this Sunday I think the sun's going to shine it's going to be cold so um, let's have a think now I'm going to go Salford 20. Yeah. Wigan 16. I have Salford 20. I'm going to go Salford 16. Wigan 6. 16 mm-hmm. And um, Josh Jones scored a winner. Okay. There we go. So, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, you know, the boys will come out firing and uh, get through the, uh, the game against Wigan on hand and we can look forward to the, the game against Huddersfield in a couple of weeks time yeah definitely can we just mention one more thing before we go Rob yeah, you can do Paul go we just got some news from Langworthy uh, Reds uh, about their under, they want some under 10s players want it's school year 5 they've got this advert all over social media at the moment I just wanted to give it a mention for them. Langworthy Reds Rugby League Club are looking for boys and girls in school years Four and five to come and try something new. Rugby is a fantastic sport to build confidence, improve fitness and learn new techniques to be a part of a great club. Contact us for more details. Trainings every Tuesday and Thursday. It's 6.30 till 7.30 at Rabbit Hills Playing Fields. We all know where that is, don't we, near the Emory Pod. And the email address is langworthyredscubs at outlook.com and the phone number is 077-846-054. 
bad one. But we'll put it on the podcast uh, page again, just to give the listeners a reminder. Yeah, so hopefully a lot of people uh, get the kids involved and it'll grow and grow. Certainly do, and good luck to them for the season. Good luck to all our amateur teams. You know, we'll be doing the amateur report. I think I'll be get that back up and running next week. I've noticed the uh, Salford City Roosters have been doing their pre-season training. I've some some of their videos. Obviously, they're looking for a big season this year as well. So uh, we'll hopefully be back next week with the amateur report. Yeah. So big thanks to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkson. That's been Paul Whiteside, and we'll talk again next week. All things Salford Devils.